Hello and welcome to World Shot, the podcast where we talk about world building and creative writing. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. How's it going, Cody? It's going good. Uh, I right now have half a cappuccino left, which is fantastic. You shouldn't. Okay, first of all, so to the audience, we record about 8.30. Like, we start around 8.30, 8.45, like, on Thursdays at night. It's 8.42 my time, yeah. Yeah, but at night. This is 8.42 at night, and this dude is just, like, he just made a cappuccino. So. At eight, it, at about, like, 8, what, 8.15 is when you made it, right? Yeah. I used yeah, to so, have, so you're drinking coffee okay. at night, and then you're like, oh, I could never sleep. I have to take no. a bunch of melatonin. It's like, well, there might be a reason for that, Cody, because you drink coffee okay. at literally 8 o'clock at night. Caffeine, an upper. Caffeine is an upper. You want to be I understand. doing downers, dude. Like, melatonin. I, underst- I understand what Rogal. you're saying, but here's the thing. I used to have pretty bad sleep issues, right? Like I, I, I kind of yeah, now had you're having caffeine crashes every night <laughs> for a hot minute. That might have been partially due to um, it. It might have been related to the amount of caffeine I drank. I think it was <laughs> you're the worst human being ever. <laughs> I think it was also related to anxiety over things, um, I, I feel and then like that's also more of the issue. That kids have weird sleep schedules. There's just like a lot of compounding things that hit me in this period where I was not sleeping well. And then I found out about melatonin. And that basically fixed my sleep problems. It's like I don't take melatonin every night. What it is is when I start getting bad about sleep, I'm like, I can knock myself out. And then I kind of get back on track. The problem right now actually is that I had to wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning a few times this week. Like... For legit reasons and i was going to bed early so this morning i woke up at 5 a.m and i'm like that's not what time i like to wake up that's too early <laughs> this is weird it's like 4 45 and i'm just like awake in bed like nosferatu just staring yeah. like shoot this is a weird time to be awake but other than that i'm doing fine and i'm enjoying my cappuccino it's very good i have an espresso maker in my basement i love it yeah i need um, to, i need to get an espresso maker cuz you know like we talk i don't like coffee i do not like coffee but i drink coffee out of a necessity and i've been trying my hardest to make that necessity suck a little bit less every time i make coffee um so this week i um you know experimented a little bit more with coffee but espresso delivers that pack of a punch with minimal amount of coffee. So I'm confused. So I think I need to start making espresso. Why don't you drink coffee like a like a normal person? Why don't you just Cuz I also like, So so you do you, do you want me to answer that like seriously then? Yeah, I mean I'm kind of curious like why if you're going to drink coffee, why do you make it miserable for yourself? So so the few times I've had like creamer A like it just made the taste worse to me. And B, there was a time when it like made me like really nauseous for some reason. Um, so I'm just like, eh, I don't want to bother if it's really not going to change anything about it for me. And then putting sugar in, I'm trying to cut back on sugar because I am a sugar fiend. And just a little bit of sugar sends me down a freaking spiral all day of just eating candy and stuff because I'm a disgusting sugar You know, freak. 
What's Which interesting? Which is why I have okay. to like run and work out and drink lots of water so I can cut the sheer amount of sugar that I will eat during the day if I am not under control. I am such a sugar fiend. So obviously, like everyone, I think basically universally likes the taste of sugar, right? Yes, like it's, a lot. Your body is programmed Cody, to like I have that. an issue. I no, love it's funny sugar. because like I at various times in my life, like I, I have to watch my weight or I gain weight, you know, like, yeah. and I, I have to like count calories and stuff. And, and we're both in the stage where we're counting calories and working out. So we're yeah. at like, we're at a th- thin, like relative thin portion right now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like on a downward slope on my yeah, weight, which is good, here. but it's like something I have to pay attention to or I gain weight. Cause yes. if I'm not paying attention to it, I eat like crazy, but I don't eat a lot of sugar. And, like, if if I'm going to make a dessert, like, my favorite dessert is, like, a fairly unsweetened cake, fruit, and whipped cream. That's, That's the d- pinnacle okay, that, of desserts. I will say that is delicious, but, like, if I want, like, sweet or a dessert, I am going to go for the most sugary bullcrap you've ever seen and it's gonna it's going to upset you because i i I really love sweets and this is like a huge issue with me but like the the um kind of what like an angel food cake or just like a short cake with uh whipped cream and strawberries great great you don't even have to put sugar you don't even have to put sugar on the strawberries yeah right like i i just i like that you know but the thing yeah that's that's delicious but that's not my go-to because i'm such a sugar the thing that i will go absolutely buck wild on is a gigantic bowl of pasta with cream on it that's what i get deranged on and eat like a monster without thinking you know is that so a lot like i mean i need to just like go to doctor but am my lactose and dollars but like heavy like and it's not even it's not even all dairy products it's mostly like heavy whipping cream it's just which is how you make a lot of the cream pasta sauces is with heavy whipping cream like makes me feel like throwing up well Milk, okay i'm fine with so but heavy whipping cream makes me like on hands on the knees like i'm about to puke everywhere so i could i, I could drink do, like, it cream sauces I could drink. Uh, yeah, it straight I, I don't from the usually carton. do cream sauce because it's just like oh. like heavy cream. The like the heavier, the more potent the cream, the worse it makes me so feel. So good. So that's why I try to avoid it like the plague. Um, do you like do you like fake sweeteners? No, absolutely not. Okay, I don't like them in coffee, but I drink diet coke. So, eh. um, yeah, yeah I, I don't I don't like diet drinks. I don't like um fake sweeteners. I am very like. I like my sugar caned. I, I, I am a big proponent of brown sugar. I, I like the taste. Oh, brown, <laughs> brown sugar. My dude. We can't talk. Dude, everybody's well, going to know how much of a freak I am when it comes to sugar. But that's like, so bad. You know, like, I, I, I make coffee. You know, I put a tablespoon of brown sugar in it. and But I don't then need sugar the rest of the day. But if I smell the smell of Thai curry, I'm like, just bring a bucket. Because I'm... I, I, I do see, but Thai curry is coconut milk, and I can I can do that. Oh, we'll just use that in your coffee then. I guess. And then I guess the sugar <laughs> thing is tricky because I don't really know what to tell yeah, you on that. No, no, like legitimately, like I have to watch myself, or I will just be because like today, I, like I stress ate like a piece of candy. I'm like, oh, guess I'm stress eating like five more of these. <laughs> I uh, because for me, like I don't necessarily even hate black coffee. I do not oh, like black coffee. unsweetened coffee. That's what gets me, is I don't particularly like the very, very, very unsweet and bitter taste of coffee by itself. I, 
I am fine with it except for like at work. So we have a Keurig at work and we have a bunch of like free pods, but they're all Starbucks pods and they're all base level Starbucks pods. So I drink a lot of the Veranda mix of Starbucks, which is like a blonde mix and it just tastes bad. And it's like, and I've even looked up, it's like, what is this supposed to taste like? Cause like all coffees have like hints of whatever they're like, um, different spirits like mm-hmm. that. But like, so this one is like, oh yeah, there's like a hint of chocolate and wood and i'm like oh so this just sucks naturally it's well, not even me not liking coffee that much this just sucks do, do you want to know the my spicy hot because i have a very particular thing about coffee like i do not like all coffees yeah, sure, equally um so a blonde roast is going to be way more acidic and way more mm-hmm. bitter so like mm-hmm. And the same thing's true with medium roast coffee. You're going to have a lot more of, like, a bright, acidic coffee. Whereas if you drink a dark roast coffee, it's a lot smoother and more mellow. And you get more of, like, a chocolatey, caramely taste. To me, it it reminds me, like, drinking a stout. It's too dark for me. It might be the dark roast that you're drinking. I, I think typically... No, no, I am specifically drinking a blonde. Don't. They're they're the worst. They are the most acidic. I like I am fine with blondes. I don't I like I have drink dark roast and I don't like dark roast. It tastes like a stout. At some point you're gonna come over and I'm gonna do like a blind taste. Sure, test people like, pe- yeah, we should. Yeah. And I mean I'm gonna be like, huh, all these taste exactly the same. <laughs> it's like Oh my oh, gosh, they except don't. For, Okay, so the thing I did and then we can like talk about nerd stuff, but the thing I did this week is I made two um variations of a cold brew. I did one which is like, you know, just like your normal like 1 to 12 ratio cold brew, and then I did a cold brew concentrate, which I like to call mud because my ratio was about um eh, 2.8 to sorry, 1 to sorry, two, yeah. 2.8 to 1 like water to coffee. Yeah. Um and whoo, I haven't had it yet, but like you can't shine a light through it. And I filtered it out as much as I can. You cannot shine a light through it. I don't I don't like cold brew. I, I am not a fan of oh, that I taste cold even a little like, bit. Yeah. Not my jam. I don't like it hot. I don't like it hot or warm. I, I have to drink my coffee cold. So in the mornings, like I will put ice in my cup, then I'll pour my coffee over it. Yeah, it's I'm, really messed up, and I know I know people are going to judge me so hard because I've already been judged about that, but, like, that's the only way I can drink because I do not like it hot. Or I just warm. have to think that you've only had bad coffees. You know what I mean? Like, because if you drink trash coffee hot, it's really bad tasting. Like, if... And yeah, I mean, I've had, but I see, but I've see, that's the thing. I've, it's not like I've only ever drink cold coffee. I've had quote unquote good coffees hot and I was not a fan and drinking it cold makes it a little bit more manageable for me. But did I you drink I it just, hot black Co- Cody, or hot I, with cream and sugar? Both. But Cody, here's the thing. I think I just don't like coffee. Well, I don't think anyone really does at first. I think it is an acquired taste. Yeah, no. I think it's kind of like how it's it's me and um, IPAs. I don't like IPAs. I will not like IPAs. No matter how many times I drink an IPA, I'm not going to like it. But if someone's like, oh, hey, all I have are IPAs. Do you want one? I'll be like, yeah, sure. Why not? I think maybe what what it is is that I think coffee needs an on-ramp. You know, like just going from nothing to coffee is pretty... You know, yeah. So in Grand Theft Auto, the thing I used to do would be like I would be driving and I would go on like you know the overpass or a highway and just slam my car off the overpass and land on the highway and start driving. That's basically what I did with coffee. Yeah, I just <laughs> think that there's a more 
pleasurable way to do this then you're doing it Cody, you know what what's i mean nerd thing you've been doing we've been talking about coffee for like 10 minutes now <laughs> well so i'm still playing elden ring and i'm still absolutely going? loving El- i just got past i just got to the games, omen but... king um i don't know who that is um do you kind of know the thing with margit and margot Oh yeah, so it, well yeah yeah. Are you fighting Margot then, or who's the Margot omen? is the Omen King? Yeah, the, it's okay, Margot. Yeah, okay, the omen I didn't King. know him. I, yeah, I didn't know him by that name. Um, I loved that whole sequence. Wait, he's I not thought, Morgrit, is he? Okay, I don't because all their names. There's one dude who's like at. Sorry for spoilers, but he's like at like this weird area, like deep underground. And then no, the two that yeah, okay, that's no, like, I've what? not gotten to that person. I know who you're talking about? Yeah, because that's a he's the one that's like, a woman, magic, right? No. Never mind. Different person. <laughs> oh, you're There's... thinking of, are you thinking of Millennia? Yeah, I was. That, well, cuz she's in like a cave, right? Yeah, she's by the tree. Um she's she's the um queen of rot or whatever her name is. But I don't even think I'm going to end up getting to her in this playthrough. I might, but I also might not. We'll see. I'm kind of like on the final stretch. Um but no, I just I find Dark Souls I hate how all their names are the same. The aesthetic of it and like the themes that it's trying to get across i find really interesting and compelling um i like this character that's like your ambition will bring ruin i need to kill you <laughs> like that's a yeah. good villain i like that um because it, it, it the fell omen is the guy i'm no Margaret the fell the omen is the first, is the first one, one and then margot morgot Mar- Mar- dude is he? That's not. No, it's not. No. Oh, okay, you keep talking. I'm listening to you. But I'm well, don't spoil stuff for me because I haven't finished I the want, game. I, want, I just need. I just need the name. That's all. Um, I'm not oh, I finished the moon. The moon ladies' quest. Oh, Ronnie's quest. Yeah, which was also weird and made no sense. But yeah, okay. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's it's all the drink. I'm fine with that. You 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 did the quest with forearm waifu. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um. Which I do find interesting. I, I I find all of these quests and just the aesthetics of the game fascinating. Um, oh, absolutely! I it's, got it's a beautiful game. Well, mm-hmm. You said the graphics kind of stuff, but it's a beautiful game. Oh, they do, but that's a good thing. Like yeah, I that's, think that's part of the aesthetic. Yes. Well, it's not that it's. I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It's not like it's part of the aesthetic, like it is in Borderlands or something, where they did like cell shading. It's trying to mm-hmm. look like a modern AAA game. But if you took a screenshot of this and stuck it next to like a screenshot from, like a not Assassin's Creed, I don't really know, but like um, God of War. God of War, I'm sure has better models and more details. But that's not. It's the composition that makes the game good. It's that. When you're looking at areas at at a distance, the world looks expansive and impressive, and the design is interesting, even if it's not over-textured. Like, I don't think it's a particularly high-res game, you know? Yeah. But that's not what makes it interesting. It's that the, the creature design and the world design is compelling and gripping, and that's what that's what drags you into it. Yeah, no, that's really cool. Um, so the one I was thinking of was uh, Moog, the Lord of Blood. I have not gotten to Moog, the Lord of Blood. He might be an optional boss, too, so I might not fight Moog, the Lord of Blood. Yeah, he's optional. There's a... 
Bro, there's like 200 bosses in this game. Yeah, there's Some of a them, lot. Like a lot of them are repeats, but like there's like 200 bosses in this game. There's like dungeon bosses that it's like you'll yeah, find that are repeat, 10 yeah. of these. Yeah, but whatever. Those and are. And they're always are... in the way. Like the like shade guys who like try to come at you. You just backstab them a bunch with the backstab shard. Uh, well, yeah, or you just rock sling forever. Or you know what I do now is I, I summon dude, Dunk Eater and let him backs- fight for me. I love the backstab. The shard, problem dude. with the backstab is it doesn't do enough damage. And yeah, so like it misses. <laughs> it's not that it misses, it's that when it hits it does 100 damage and I'm like that is not enough. <laughs> Late game, yeah, it is not viable, that, right? You can upgrade your staff, you can't upgrade the spells particularly. Okay. Oh, am I thinking about it wrong? Oops. Um, it's been it's been a long while since I played this. I game. have a very good staff, so I'm I'm doing okay Which there. Which one are you it's, using? Well, now I'm using the, oh uh, gosh, what's it called? Because uh, I was using the meteorite staff forever, yep, and then I yeah. switched to the, um, oh, the carrion scepter, which is oh. the one that you get from the queen, moon queen. Oh, if Rinala's, you... yeah, that's yeah. what I want, yeah. Or no, you're talking about Ronnie, never mind, Rinala's staff is a different thing. No, I am talking about Rinala, not Ronnie. Oh, okay. Okay, um, so yeah, Ronaldo's staff is the one I want. Yeah, it, the problem but is you it's have to not be as good as fifty. <laughs> well, intelligence yes. fifty. It's a it's a high high ass. What what I, I did is I hit a certain point and then just everything was intelligence and I I didn't like Which, grind, but I just went back and f- I like went through Limegrave and uh or Limgrave whatever Limgrave. and uh what's the one that's not Limgrave uh Weeping Peninsula. And yeah. I just I fought every boss in those areas and then kind of started to do that in Kaled. Yeah. Um yeah. and also like if you go to an area that you're not prepared for and manage to kill a few people, you get levels real fast that way. So Yeah, um, I mean that's <laughs> that's what I always do. Well that's that's the thing that I like about the game. Well some open world games, not all, because some don't do this well, but like this is like you can go and like walk into other areas and like end up fighting stuff and still like hold off on your own it's gonna be hard but like you can still like explore and stuff and it's not like you walk in and one get one shot at it immediately every single time depends on where you are Dep- <laughs> it depends but like the areas that are available to you like right off the bat like you are manageable like i spent yeah, a like kaylid's not Kaled. that bad yeah it's bad i spent a lot of bad. time in kaylid I just don't like the way it looks, so I don't spend a lot of time there. It looks um, like it smells bad. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I had to like, go there like to get the meteorite staff, so, yeah, you know. I not, yeah, I, I did that, like, almost immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's got, like, the Drake sword thing, yeah, where it's like, you want to be yeah, good at spells early. We're 30s, so um, we kind of have to just, like, look at guys to expedite this crap. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, most of the... I do and I don't, you know, like, there's things that I do when it's, like, I need one random specific item, and it's, like, it's buried in a cave under a mountain, and it's, like, okay, I'll look that up. But, like, when I am exploring an area, I try to be pretty blind. Like, I don't know what I'm about to find when I'm wandering around, because that's sort of fun. Um, But once I find something, if I die to it 75 times, then I'll be, like, okay, how do I kill the space butterfly in the basement how do you do that and it's like you get real close you, you, to it you, you stay you real close space to it butterfly in the basement mm-hmm. yeah that was a really easy boss fight once you learned the secret is get right in its face yeah right like, up on him i think his name is estelle yeah he sounds like, like a dancer but like i also that thing is creepy looking 
It's big, really like, cool. Space butterfly skull centipede thing. Yeah. Yep. The thing I still I've just quit on and I cannot beat is the is the uh, God Eater worm. I just can't do it. I've tried so many times. Talk about God Eater snake, right? Yeah, I thought it was called the God Eater worm, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Unless the giant worm like W Y R M. Oh, well, either way, the the freaking giant snake that um, has two stages and is in the volcano. I am struggling with a lot. Yeah. He, he, who I think he's, is Rikard is who's yeah. like in his yeah his face like yeah. in his neck or whatever like yeah it right. up his neck and it's just a dude's face it's like ah, ah you are ugly. I got I got kind of close by being really stupid I just basically ran uh, summoned a guy and then just ran up was just like smash 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 yeah, but you if you stay far away from him, he just murder you, you take less damage from the lava than you do from the stupid snake. But I have a lot more health now, so I might try it again. We'll see. Yeah. Okay, Anyways, well, this Elden is a time Ring. where I don't get to talk about my stuff because we talked about coffee way too much right up stuff. But top. I want to I want to know about your stuff. Tell me about your stuff. Um, I told you that I did Midnight Mass, not Mass Midnight Club. Yeah, um, already, which that's a sore subject. Yeah. I'm oh I'm really mad at Netflix like really mad at Netflix right now. Haven't really watched anything from Netflix, but I have I watched a new anime, um, Bochi the Rock, which is about a bunch of high school girls who start a band and it deals with like the one girl's like heavy social anxiety and it was like it was cute it was fun and also inspiring as someone who wants to start a band and has been playing guitar every day. Um, um do you, do I need anything else? Um. Caught up on something is killing the children. Real good. I recommend it. It's an ongoing story, and I know that you want something completed, but like one of my favorite comics right now, period the end. It's really good. I've just I've been hurt before. I, I know. I've been hurt I, before. I, 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 trust me, I get you. But yes, um, and then oh, and I watched the anime Michiko and Hachin, which was done by the same people who um did Samurai Shampoo. And also, oh. like, some of the same people who worked on Cowboy Bebop. And it was it was really good. Um, but, yeah, just blanket. Those are the ones I've done. Cody, we're, we're, we have a very important day we're doing. Unless you have something to say. Hello. No, I do. I have something I want to say, which is, um, so you've been doing a thing where you try to listen to a new album oh, every yeah, day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told you to send me those. That has been really fun. It's really, okay, well, really, really fun. There are fun. some days when I don't it. send you them, but I'll send them to you every day. Um, I actually haven't listened to something. Well, I haven't finished something yet today, but I was listening to um, Janelle Monet Arch Android today. It's good. It's real good. I, I will say it's funny because like I don't listen to all of the ones you send me. For yeah, sure. I know, like, I know for a fact you don't. <laughs> um, but... Uh, it, it's it's been fun to like just listen to a bunch of weird different bands that I haven't heard before and like some of them I quit on like some of them don't land for me as well. Um, <laughs> I like the text was like I really like these wizards. <laughs> oh yeah 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 King was it King Gizzard and the lizard yeah, wizard King or Gizzard whatever. and the lizard wizard yep. That was the they're good I like them. You like listen to a lot of like jam band stuff like I, more than I thought you did. No, no. So this list is um, a lot of stuff I haven't listened to before and, oh, either, and also gotcha. like suggested by friends. But like, so that's like new to me and I've discovered that I like it. <laughs> I like, so I, I have like scarring childhood memories of being forced Going to, to like listen fish. to like, no, it was Eric Clapton like oh. concert DVDs 
where they're like, we're going to play Layla. And I'm like, that's a good song. Layla, we're going to play Layla for 40 minutes. <laughs> and then we're going to play Layla for 80 hours. <laughs> and it's just like a dude on an organ with a tube in his mouth, like flicking all his wheels. Like, yeah, but you also forget that like, going to like a live stop. jazz concert is the same thing. And I've been to like yeah. live ja- jazz concerts before. And that's, that's why I was like, oh, this is like, it can be good. That's and it hit or miss. Also, yeah, be hit or miss. But I, I do like King Gizzard. And also, I think the other one I sent you was um, Psychedelic Porn Crumpets. Also, kind of yeah, I liked things. them too. Yeah. They're really good. Um, one band that I like, there was a punk band I sent you, and I know you didn't listen to, or you quit on them early, was um, Prince Daddy and the Hyena. That I, really I haven't liked. listened to them at all. Yeah, no, that, that, that one, I, that one I, I, I liked it. But then, so I started listening because I really liked it. I'm like, oh, this reminds me kind of a pop, a little screamier than pop. And then I, I got to their, like, one of their more recent albums. Like, ooh, they definitely, like, were a band that started off strong and now they're kind of, like, burnt out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, now he um, just screams okay. <laughs> it's like, cool. I will say it is funny to listen to certain albums all the way through and you realize that there's recurring things. My favorite one is uh, listening to Straight Outta Compton. Yes! <laughs> the number of times the phrase hot pants was said. It is it is like every song. One of the guys has a thing for hot pants and talks about them in every it was, song. It was so funny today because so I do also so I have a big list and like I'll either like pick stuff that I'm interested in. Friends will send me albums that I should listen to, et cetera, et cetera. And so I have a big list of them and I they're all numbered and I put like a Oh, number one next to the it's on an Excel sheet next to the albums I listen to. So then at the yeah. bottom I have a summation that just adds up how many I listen to. I'm at a hundred and six. Um but yeah, so I, I do my big list and to decide sometimes because I am a little um indecisive, I'll do a random number generator. So one day sure. I listened to um Cat Stevens. And then the next album that was suggested to me was straight out of Compton. And that is the most jarring, like, split between the two. One's just, like, nice, like, you know, older gentleman singing on guitar and just, like, very sweet songs. And the, yo, screw the police. Not going to say it on air. But, yeah, it's just, like, and they're, like, yeah, no, this is good. And talking about shooting people and talking about hot pants and big butts and stuff and then going so back to um many times <laughs> and then going back to like cast teams is just so funny to me but yeah no it's it's been a fun little experiment i've really enjoyed it. i also like sending them to you because it's good to just have like a yay or like you don't always send like a big explanation but you'll send like a yay or nay like oh yeah that was nice yeah or be like yeah not my thing like Cat Steve, it was funny because I did the same thing because you sent me like I'm listening to Straight Outta Compton right after yeah, listening yeah, to, just like I got to Cat Stevens. So I did that. I was like, because I was working out, right? Which is like a lot of times oh I'm yeah, listening to music. You can't and work like, out to Cat Stevens, my dude. Listening to Cat Stevens, and I'm like, dun, 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 switch dun, 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 to Straight Outta Compton. Yo, oh, Run DMC is going on that list as well. It's time to rock around. It's tricky. It's tricky. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Tricky. Right. Gosh, I couldn't remember who that was. Yeah. I was like, I know the name. That's why I, I immediately started have singing you, it. Have you listened to any, like, weird prog music? <laughs> yeah, um, a little bit. One of the prog bands that I recently started listening to is this um, Japanese prog band that I learned about from the anime I watched. And, woo, that's some fun stuff. 
Have you ever listened to like King Crimson or Jethro no, Tull? So I've heard or, I've heard uh, songs by them, but I never like li- like truly like dove in. Um, send me an, get send me an album I should listen to, and I'll totally put it on the list. Yeah. Or like Edgar Winter. Send send, um, send me album names. I'll put on the list. I'll listen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's uh, what's it? It's not Iron Lung. It's uh, oh gosh, what's it called? Or Aqualung? I think Aqualung. is a Jethro Tall album. Yeah. Oh, it's so good, so good. I think that one might be on the list already, but yeah, just sit, send me whatever. Be like, hey Jordan, you should listen to this, and I'll put it on the list. Like like I said, at the very least, I need three hundred and sixty five albums on the list. Have you? I, I I'm have curious about this. Do you? Now. <laughs> Have you listened to like classic rock? And I, I mean classic rock from like when we were kids, because I think oh, yeah. classic rock is now like Blink One Eighty Two because we're um, old. Oh gosh! Today they <laughs> talked about how um, Slipknot is technically dad rock, and I'm like, oh, we are hitting a weird phase of life. Yeah, Slip, right. Slipknot when I say classic rock, you I mean, mean like, like Stones and stuff, or like who are you talking classic? I was never a big Rolling Stones fan, mm-hmm. like Ozzy or like oh, okay. Black Sabbath so you're like, or like. 80s, uh, like hair rock no before that um so like uh 70s like 70s hair rock. led zeppelin oh I, yeah it's not really hair rock. I, I like zeppelin i, I listened to okay zeppelin, yeah um i don't think i ever like i think i listened to like their greatest hits albums i don't think i've ever actually like, picked up a led zeppelin album so i'll totally it's way more freaking lord of the rings than you think oh, it is it's so gr- is, i, I so like black sabbath well, that was like too. the kind of thing the the second king gizzard album that i listened to was murder of the universe and their first like is split into three different parts and the first two parts well, no, yeah, well, the first part is about, like, oh, yeah, it's, like, this monster, and you're, like, are you a man, or are you a monster? The second part was straight up about the ball, the Balrog and the Lord of Lightning, and it was, like, I was yeah. listening, I was listening to that one while running, it's, like, the Lord of Lightning, it's, like, or Balrog, Balrog, it's, like, that was so much fun listening to yeah. dumb stuff like that, Balrog, but, yeah, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a fun exploration of music, and I'll definitely, like, do more updates, because, like I said, there's so especially when I travel like for work or stuff, I'll end up getting f- like five albums on the day of travel because yeah. like, I'm just sitting yeah. on the planes. So I was like, might as well just throw on an album. So yeah, so it's been more than an album of the day. Some days, like some days, I'll hit up to like five albums. Other days, like I'll do double albums. And I usually I'll send you like my favorite of the day or like the least weird one, or I'll just be like mean to you and I'll send you the weirdest one of the day. I think I sent you. I don't know if I sent you the Deerhoof album. That's a weird band. I don't that, think you did. That, that's um. Did. Now I know what they mean when they say noise punk because it is noise punk, and it's like oh. Interesting. Have you listened to the Flaming Lips? No, I've never listened to Flaming Lips. Oh, send, send you'd me a like list that? Of stuff. We oh, need to man. get to the show, Cody. Send me a list of stuff, and I'll throw throw it on. Um, it's like a whole album about like a magic girl fighting giant robots. Oh, send that to me, please. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I, I, there's a song that I know by them that is pretty much that. So yeah. Yeah. But I've never like truly listened to the Flaming Lips. But yeah, I'll absolutely yeah. Send me a Flaming Lips album. I'll throw it on the list. Like and there's a lot of like a lot of stuff that I choose like myself, because like I said, friends and other or or I'll, I'll look at like, oh, I have a bunch of songs from the like Rolling Stones top one hundred on there. I have a bunch of um albums from like 
um, last year's uh, top 40 punk albums. But like a lot of the ones that I pick on my own are like stuff that I've heard of a lot that I just never listen yeah. to. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, why not listen to it? So, yeah, Flaming Lips is definitely on the list of things that I will be interested to check out because I've never listened to them. Have you ever listened to like American folk music? Um, a little, yeah. You should. I, I might send you a few things yeah, there. There, uh, send me a bunch. Yeah. yeah, it's it's fun when all the folk music was about communism. Yeah. You know. And, and you, oh, and also you joined this little journey with me, like right when I hit the rap phase. <laughs> like I just like because I added a bunch of rap albums on, and so like four days in a row, I just hit rap album after rap album. <laughs> And I was like, oh, okay. Well, we're going to go the opposite. Do you like country? No. That is the I'm going to convince that you. That is the only one where it's like I'm not super willing to like dive down on onto just because I don't like, like – there's – so I listened to um whatever that Sturgill Simpson album is where he has like the anime music videos. I listened, yeah. I listened to that and I'm fine with it. But like I'm not a big country fan and like not super willing to keep diving into because it's just the style of music's not really me and also the years of racism and anti-semitism just wrapped into country music is a uh, kind of off-putting <laughs> i i like i agree and i disagree with you because i think that uh there's a thing you know that, that country sketch of team peels that we both really like about country music that's how i feel about country yeah, music i i know i know and i i don't disagree with you because i like don't like a majority of it but the stuff that's good is really good <laughs> and uh also it's uh i've told you about like the show uh uh i think it's called live from the tour bus yeah. this guy that made king of the hill did yeah, yeah, yeah. where it it was because he was watching like this show where people were complaining about uh nwa and then he switched the channel, and it was a bunch of old ladies watching Johnny Paycheck, who had, like, just gotten out of prison for attempted murder. <laughs> and he's like, what? This guy's an attempted murderer who shot a guy in the head while he was running drugs for the Hells Angels. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, sitting around like, Jesus is my best friend. Like, you shot a guy in the head because he offered you turtle soup. Well, you were high out of your mind with a trunk full of drugs for the Hells Angels and went to prison for 30 years. Yeah, no, they're not good people. Um, anyways, no, they're we, not. We, 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 you know the two of us could talk about music literally all day, but we need to get to the show because yeah. it is yeah, we do. We a do. very we special do. episode and not the way that sitcoms used to do it. Cody, you are ending your story today. I'm ending my story, which means I'm going first. Yeah, you, go, you, ha you so, have to because we can't have more prelude <laughs> before you get to the end of your story. I'm just getting into it. All right, Jordan. Oh. No preamble. I just need also, to turn down my I music because do my want music you to is talk a little spicy. A little bit about the overall, your overall thoughts on your story afterwards, but yeah, go for it. I'm excited to hear it. Yeah. All right. It's been a year since hell burned over. I guess that's an odd way to put it. People usually think of hell as freezing over, but the city was already a cold, miserable place. That being said, so is winter in Bolivia. Short, bitter cold days and long nights that are somehow worse. But today the sun seems to be up and the wind's been low, so it's not too miserable. I'm not sure that all demons hate the cold. Oh, I'm sure that not all demons hate the cold, but I am not so lucky. Like I said, it's been a year. Nick, it's been a year since Nick, Rachel, and I ran back out of the city. For a while, we just watched. We watched in awe as a dragon burned and burned, <laughs> blue flames melting and reducing a city to ash. 
As we watched, I had to wonder, was this dragon just going to be the new devil in a city of ash? <laughs> that's kind of it's possible that we were just replacing one evil with another. I guess that's a question I still don't know the answer to, but oh well, something has to keep me up. Getting out was almost impossible. We realized pretty quick that the dragon might destroy the elevator, so we had to make a run for it. Somewhere in the mayhem, we lost Herb, so add that to the list of things that might come back to bite me in the ass. We just had to run, run through crashing buildings and raging fires. The massive stone chasm slowly becoming an oven as the dragon burned. But we made it. Made it to an elevator and watched, white-knuckled, as we crept up the shaft, hoping the dragon would not decide to kill us. The slowest scent still haunts me. Nightmares of burning heat and claustrophobic glass walls. I was never happier when I finally got back to Bolivia's horrible winter. I sat up in bed and looked around. Nick's apartment was freezing. Oh, sorry. Nick's apartment was freezing once I was out from under the blanket, which could mean only one thing. Nick was already up and out the door. I'm not sure how much he sleeps. From a distance, it's easy to assume a lot of things about Nick's. He seems like a lazy and carefree, perpetual stoned kid, but that mask slips at times. Being in his home makes that clear. It's stark and a clean space. The first time I was over, I was expecting a mess. I was expecting ash and wrappers on the floor. I was expecting trash on tables and empty takeout containers, broken cabinets, the works. Instead, I found a space that looked almost unlived in. The kitchen hardly touched, nothing overflowing. His bedroom, where he occasionally sleeps, was nothing more than a simple bed and nightstands. The second bedroom was the oddity. That door was closed all the time. The room was perpetually warm. I wasn't forbidden from going in or anything, but Nick warned me that spending too long in that room did tend to have an effect on people. There were tons of books all over the place, old dusty things written in languages I couldn't understand, bound in black and red leather, all neatly stacked, and in the center of the room was an odd lava rock pedestal filled with, mm, with a glass bowl inside of it filled constantly with boiling water. The room smelled like acidic burning all the time, and staying in that room did tend to make me feel hot and uneasy. Sometimes I would find Nick in there. Sometimes he would be reading or writing in his books, but usually he would just be standing, staring at the boiling water, breathing slowly in and out. Deep, slow breaths. When I find him like that, I have to be careful. The first time I just walked in and grabbed his arm, thinking he was ignoring me, and it was like he broke out of a trance. He jumped and shouted, and it took him a few minutes to realize where he was and that we didn't need to be fighting. I don't know why he keeps that pedestal or what it means, but I do kind of hate that I now have to live with it. I stretched and got out of bed. There was, a note on the, there was a note on the nightstand that said, meet at Roz's for breakfast. I piled on all the clothes I could find, figuring more layers was always the right choice here, and walked stiffly to the door, grabbing the old bowler hat that Leonard had given me on my way out. I walked into the steamy, breakfast-smelling warmth of Roz's diner and saw Nick and Rachel sitting together at a booth. Okay, okay, I have one more guess. Nick looked up at me and smiled when he saw me walking toward the booth. He stood up and gave me a warm hug and a kiss on the cheek. We both sat down across from Rachel. I snuggled in close to Nick, trying to not think too hard about where his constant heat came from. Okay, Liv, you do the honor and tell Rachel a guess. No, no, Nick, no. Rachel, I'm so sorry. Look... We were just being stupid last night and talking. Our guess is not real. It was just something we were doing for fun. Go ahead, hon. You're not going to hurt my feelings. No, it's so stupid. It is not. It is almost definitely totally a fact. I have total faith in this guess. Finally, we have uncovered the grim truth of you and Bruce. 
When Nick said Bruce's name, there was a low woof, and the silverware rattled on the table table as Bruce bumped in bumped his head into the table, excited by his own name. Rachel reached down and scratched the big dog's head. Just please tell me, you're hyping it up. There's almost de- and you're almost definitely going to be wrong, alright? <sighs> fine, fine, fine. You are an ancient Celtic witch whose family moved to Boston some long time ago. You lived there most of your life until you met and married a handsome doctor named Bruce. You and Bruce spent a long time happily married. You used your witchcraft to help your medical practice. Bruce was a brilliant surgeon until one day you caught Bruce cheating with a med student. In fact, and I am quoting Nick directly here, in a fit of scorned woman jealous rage, you cursed your husband to be the dog that he is. Then, to avoid the law, you came here to Bolivia with your husband dog to live out your days as a guilt-ridden spinster. Hey, really quick pause. Um, I just want to say the first time you introduced Bruce, I said it was her husband and you made fun of me. Continue. I just want to say Yeah, that's about just, to... Yeah, but you just Yeah, no, but no, no. you just stole my whole thing and you're like, oh yeah, this is good for my story, even though you made fun of me. It's almost like I put it in my story to oh, make fun of me. <laughs> Go on. Rachel just stared at us, her mouth open. Bruce poked his head up, looking between the three of us and whined. I know, I know. She scratched his head and kissed him. Bruce panted happily and returned under the table. Okay, okay. So first of all, how dare you accuse my dog of fooling around with a med student? Bruce would never. He is the goodest boy. Second, I have never been to the East Coast. Then why do you talk like that? Like what? Never mind, I guess I also sound like a Midwesterner. Rachel just scowled. Third, I am not a witch. The reason I'm a good doctor is because of student debt, which is part of the reason that I fed, fled to Bully V and don't file my taxes anymore. <laughs> Tax evasion, heck yeah. <laughs> okay, then how did you catch a punch from me when I was turning to metal? I punched a devil to pieces. Maybe you were tired. Oh, come on. Fourth, I am not a spinster. I date. I go on dates. Sure, but you always bring Bruce. Look, my potential new boyfriend... Look, if my potential new boyfriend doesn't like my dog husband, we're just not going to work out. Ah, so he is your husband. That was a joke, Nick. Okay, okay, okay. One more guess, and this time I know for sure I'm right. Okay, you definitely don't, but go ahead. It's gamma rays. What? You're both hulks, you got shot with gamma rays, and now you're a hulk doctor, and he's a hulk dog. I don't turn green, I don't get angry, and gamma rays just kill you. Liv, what do you see in him? I know you're a demon, but I'm sure you could have done better. Rachel, what Liv sees in me, I can't show you in public. Oh, you're such an idiot. No, no. No, he's very right about that one, Rachel. I grinned at her as I snuggled closer to Nick, glad that I was finally not freezing. Roz came by and set down coffees. She looked around at the, th- at the three of us. I'm not sure I can afford to feed all of you for free. Oh, that's okay, Roz, my dear. Liv's the only one here who's totally unemployed. The rest of us, uh, and, sorry, Liv's the only one here who's totally unemployed and just shacking up with people to get free rent. Oh, I bet she's getting free rent and benefits. Ross smiled at Nick, who <laughs> who cleared his throat and looked away promptly. Anyway, you know, dear, you could have Leonard's old house. I know, it just feels like weird being there, like it's haunted, you know? 
Oh, that place has always been haunted, but you get used to it. Roz walked away and I looked around the little cafe. Not much had changed. There were a few new faces. A few people had come to town. Most people that come to town leave, but every so often we have a new arrival. Someone who sticks, but isn't quite comfortable yet. They still look nervous, like they're worried that someone might tell them to leave or that there's no place for them here. But give it a few months and people get comfortable. It took me that long after I got back to realize I was getting I was becoming a part of the town. It took me that long to realize people started coming to me when things bumped too hard in the night or when town folks got fired up over something. But now it's just commonplace. When things go wrong, people come to me and now my coffee's free. So Liv, what do you got going on today? Oh, yeah, I think there's another runaway demon from the city. No big deal, but some livestock mutilation and weird footprints, the usual. More like claws and less like hooves, but nothing too crazy. Nothing the size of the dragon or anything like that. Ugh, I need a break from fighting things. You have fun with that, hun. We sat quietly eating our breakfast. Eventually, Rachel slid out of the booth and left. Nick told me he needed to get to work, so we all walked out into the cold together. Rachel walked off down the road, and Nick took my hand. I don't like that you're always doing this stuff on your own, Liv. I'm not on my own. I have you and Rachel and Bruce. Not all the time you don't have us. I stood on my toes and kissed him. I'm the last demon of the city, Nick. I don't think that I'm that easy to kill. I survived all of your nonsense, after all. Yeah, but my nonsense is only as dangerous as we agreed to beforehand. We both looked at each other and smiled. Look. Look, I know I can't tell you not to do this job, and I'm not going to try. I just want you to know that I worry about you. I think I can be supportive and also worry about you. I think. Well, and I can respect that you have fears and also still throw myself recklessly into danger all the time. I really should have fallen in love with something that was like boring, you know, an accountant or a goblin. You know, a nice person with a nine to five job. Yeah, but I'm way more fun. I kissed him again and groaned as I turned towards my multicolored, rusting Geo Metro that someone in town had decided to donate to me. I think it's supposed to have three cylinders, but it smelled and sounded like it only ran on two. Every body, body panel had been replaced, the, a the AC shot no air, the heater spit out only cold air, the radio could only play eight tracks, which I did not have, the seats were stuck, always reclined, and it leaked every fluid that an engine could have, and a few fluids that engines should almost certainly never have. It's really fun to be in a love-hate relationship with your car. I slipped and slid my way out of town to try to pick up the trail of whatever was eating all of the chickens and a few of the goats in town. By the time I picked up the trail, I was already cold and shivering and grumpy. Pre predictably, the melting claw-like prints led into the forest. I had the oddest sense of deja vu as I pushed through the branches and thorny underbrush, burrs sticking themselves all over me and leaving needles in every inch of soft fabric. It was my first memory of Bolivia. This still otherworldly cold calm. The wood in winter. Naked trees stood around me like gravestones, and the back of my neck just seemed to itch. The prints got weirder and weirder, almost like they were actually burnt into the ground. The snow had clearly melted and then refrozen into a sheet of ice around the prints. This was something different than another, than another escaped mechanical goat. A branch snapped behind me and I turned to see a massive lizard rearing up on its hind legs. Not a dragon. It had no wings, more like a huge black monitor lizard. Bright orange flame... Oh, sorry. Bright orange flaming saliva dripped from its split open mouth like burning ropes. 
I could see boiling fire in its mouth that it was preparing to spit at me. <sighs> Shit. I really should have brought Nick with me on this one. Crack, crack. Two gunshots rang out as the lizard's eyes vanished, replaced by two tiny holes. It collapsed to the ground as a horse thundered past me. The man on the horse was old, wearing a black canvas jacket, a black cowboy hat, and carrying a little rifle. A small gla- a small gas lantern bounced on his worn leather saddle as he rode off into the wood, vanishing into the grave-like trees. Bolivia was getting weirder. That is the end of my story. I love it. Full disclosure for the fans, audience, or whoever the heck you people decide you are. Um, <laughs> shut up, Cuddy. Dang, Jordan! <laughs> but, we like you if you're listening to this. Don't but, listen to Jordan. But, uh, Co- Cody, Cody did um, do, like, you know, he set this up on the episode, I think the very first episode we did with Holden Alexi. I think that's like episode like 46 or 64, one of those numbers. But um, he yeah. did this ending on that episode. So I was expecting it, but I really like the way you wrapped it up. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. Yeah. Like, the there's a lot more detail and it's you know like but yes that you kind of knew from the beginning that this was going to happen at the end yeah like i knew that leonard was going to quote-unquote die and that there was going to be some specter spectral form of him left over still kind of well, right live in the way but I, I don't know i like the way that you wrapped up i like the way that you don't you never really explained what that whole ending means but yeah no well and that's sort of part of the point to me is the unexplained i i was having this and i don't know i don't know where you land on this i maybe think that you do but frequently in a certain kind of fantasy novel i grow very tired of people explaining magic yeah we've talked yeah and it's a novel that i'm listening to right now where it's just like Oh, just endless descriptions about explanation after explanation after explanation of magic. And I'm like, you don't need that. Sort of what makes it fun to me is this sense of wonder and whimsy that this is something that can't be described and explained and that maybe you meet things that are unknowable. Yeah. Um. And so... You know, you, you said that you wanted me to, like, kind of talk about yes. theming within this story. Um, and that's that's definitely part of it. Like, I, I think a part of the story that I feel is underwritten, if, if I was going to, like, write a chapter two, I wish there was more in the story about kind of how community can become, like, a... Not, like, a healing force, but... I'm trying to think about the right way to put 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 a feeling that I'm trying to to stack on this. To me, I think that part of participation in a community means that thing where you go, there are things that are going to be fundamentally different than me, but I'm still responsible for those things. Yeah. And you're going to have to learn to live with them. So, like, an RPG that I ran uh, previously to this, so, like, the last one that I finished, I would have said the theme was... Um, if you ever want to be able to make change, you're going to have to learn how to make friends out of enemies, right? So, kind of a similar idea to that in this, except it's that, like, you know, being a neighbor means being able to get along with people that you don't like. Not people that are similar to you, right? So that, but that itself is the strength of the community, is that you're able to deal with and work with people who are fundamentally different than you. Not just oh, like, they like the Colts and I like the Bears. It's like, no, we might have moral 
schisms, right? Yeah. Like there might be things that you think are okay that I don't, but we still have to work together on some things. So like, you know, in this town, then that takes the shape of there are like actual things that maybe don't have humanity's best interest at heart. But you still have to learn to work with those things. Like, there are monsters, but you still have to get everyone to, like, you have to keep the town together, you know? Um, and that is a good in and of itself, is this idea of, like, kind of grinding through the hard work of getting people to get along, even if they're fundamentally different. Um, and then on top of that is, like, the reason that characters value these otherworldly things or these supernatural things is kind of this idea that it's like, maybe it's okay that some things aren't for the good of us. And that that doesn't make them necessarily invaluable or bad, but wondrous and interesting that they might, that whatever thing we're dealing with might not care about humans at all. Like, it could see us as irrelevant or as odd as we would see you know a dragon what do they see us as like probably doesn't see us at all doesn't think about us and i like that idea though that there are there are things that are other than us that are still valuable to exist (laughs) yeah um so that's sort of like you know like that's what leonard is is a person who finds wonder in that that he wants to find those things and see those things even if they're dangerous yeah i like it um, no, like I said, I really enjoyed the story. I like the themes that you did. I like that regardless of us two times in a row doing supernatural stories, we never hit upon the same things. And we have a very clear no. difference of how we see these types of things. Um, yeah, well, the, yeah, The yeah, theme yeah, of yeah, community sure. and friendship is there. And I think that, that they can be similar things. But I think that you hit on it in a much different way than I hit on it with like a story about two close friends. I wish that I had done it even more differently yeah. than you. Cause I feel like what this ended up being was a story about like friends, yeah. which I, I almost wish that it hadn't as much been about that, but that's a lot easier. Um, I wish that I had done more in the town about like dealing with the town's oddities, but I just didn't. Yeah. So no, and I, I like that. I like, and I also like how you presented your supernatural stuff in a different way. It's like you had a supernatural town, but it wasn't done the same way that we've done supernatural towns before. The way that I did, I like that yours was more whimsical than um, a lot of things that I've yeah. read, like looked at. I like that. Like I don't know the the interactions between the characters. I I liked a lot. I like that. Um, you just you just made like almost a um David Lynch style of like character array yeah, yeah. where it's like everybody's like no one is like com- your conventional like good character or beautiful character everybody's a little weirdo in their own way and I like I like that kind of stuff um one thing I d- just thought of that I need to ask was that his soul in the jar in that um Nick's 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 room that weird room that he has what? Why would I ever I tell you that? Tell me. Never mind. Why did I even ask? Why did, you, why did I even ask? I knew you were gonna do. I knew you were gonna. So what he did? He looked at me. He shook his head. Leaned in the mic. Sh- shook his head again and said, "Why would I ever tell you that?" <laughs> the point. Well, so like you don't have to say anything. It's related yeah. that, um, you know, Nick said the hell that he went to to sell his soul was one of fire. Yeah. So, like, she's living with Nick and sees this weird room that clearly haunts him. And then the town 
has a weird fire lizard show up and it's like what's going on with nick <laughs> you know it's like it's the idea is that no, that's interesting that that's the sequel is what's going on with nick but no why would i ever yeah, tell no, you about no, that I, pedestal I, I like it. <laughs> I, I i like what you did i like your story i'm glad that we finally reached the end of what was this like a good 15 or more episodes of the, this set jordan what i'm realizing something do you think i know what the pedestal is um i I assumed you did. I assumed you wrote something that you had an idea of. But now that you're shaking your head and waving your no. hands at me, I realize you absolutely don't. Um, but that's, again, that's the difference between me and you, where I usually write exactly. Like, I, I have an idea of what everything is, and how, especially with my no-name story about how everything is going to connect. I'm getting more more into like just leaving things up in the air like the story the you should have le- you should have died story that i wrote where it's like the husband um came back after supposedly dying like oh we don't really know what this red powder is or why he's back type of thing but yeah and i i um i'm trying to get better at that but like usually i have exactly what everything is and exactly what everything means there's not many things left up in the air i love having random stuff like that it's just so many things that i, I do well i'm a like... person who's just always needing to know and that comes from like a background of like learning but also just like i i like knowing things i like having a bow and sometimes you just can't and that like gets me sometimes i love not knowing it's my favorite so cody we you 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 have a choice we have a choice we're getting to my story unless you have more you want to say i don't think so this was really fun um i'm glad we did it yeah um i have plenty of plans for other stories in the future but first um what we're going to end up doing near future we're going to do take a week of recommendation um and then we're going to start writing a story together i have some stuff that i'm going to be like writing and preparing um at like in the in-between time but like there will be um a period where we are working on a story together i believe that our next proper episode should be pitches for that story oh absolutely perfect yeah, that, so that will be, what, two weeks from now? We don't have to talk about scheduling. Sorry. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so we have a choice now, Cody. I have um, a story that I wrote that can be read on a later episode. It's a little long. It's um, nine pages, which that will probably be close to, like, 20, 30 minutes of me reading. Or I have something that I've been working on, which is in the same world and realm of my previous story. But it's only four pages. It's an extremely rough draft as I literally just started writing it um a day and a half ago um and that's extremely rough there's a lot of stuff that i already know that i want to add but i kind of just want to like because this is the first time i'm doing third person in a very long time so i do want some feedback on stuff but we got a rough draft or you got a long long story so i'm all razzle dazzled on caffeine and i actually am doing good on time tonight so you're the one, despite the time zone, that said you got stuff to do yeah, tonight. No, no, no. So you read whichever yeah, one I cut. You feel I, I think the in your heart, especially if we're going to be like you know, doing stories, like writing a story in the meantime. I think having like a longer story, um, for like the intermittent time while we write a story together, um, would be good to have. So I think I'm gonna read the um, shorter one again. Extremely rough draft. Set in the same world. I did say, like, I'm freaking done with my story, but I, I love the character so much that I decided to write a little bit of a prequel to my no-name story. Um, and I wanted to, because I kind of wanted to flesh out the character of Nate a little bit more and kind of give, like, a, more of an idea of, like, 
who Nate is rather than like that kind of mask they wear sometimes of being like the very confident, easily excitable person. So I wrote a story, a short story of them in high school. Um, it's a start. I plan for this just to be like three chapters, just three parts. Like, so this is like the intro of like setting it up. Um, and then there's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, maybe four parts. Intro, there's going to be a little bit of stuff with no name. They're going to go on a little bit of their own hunt. And then there's going to be like the conclusion. And so this is part of the intro. And I think I would say this is about halfway done with just what I need to write. Then I'll go back and do edits and add more stuff. But yeah. So when I write, what I usually do is I'll just slam it down on the page and then I'll go back and add more details and like kind of flesh out what my ideas are but I I slam it out and here's the slammed out so Cody this story is no name Nate that's literally all it's called I'm ready add a sound effect here but I'm gonna like last time with the knocking just do it with my voice beep 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 smack Nate slapped their alarm off and continued to lay on their back staring at the dry stucco ceiling The alarm was just a reminder that yet another bland day was starting. They had already been up uh, there. They had already been awake for some time now. They let out a deep sigh as they connected bumps of stucco into patterns in their mind. The days were beginning to flow into the same monotonous routine. Wake up, stare at the ceiling, wait a few moments, and eventually Rachel, the woman who called herself mom, would yell from downstairs about how they needed to get out of bed and go to school. Natalia! You better be getting up right now, Rachel yelled right on time. I will not stand for you skipping another day of school. Nate lay still, continuing to connect the dots on the ceiling. There was no point in responding. Answering Rachel would not change a thing. It didn't matter either way. Rachel was gone most of the day and wouldn't even notice if they skipped or not. High school had become such a dreadful place. Boys would find one way or another to bother them, and most teachers didn't give a fuck either way if Nate were there or not. Being in that dingy building uh, made Nate feel empty and alone. Out of the near 1,200 students and teachers, Nate felt that only three people in the entire school cared about them. A former bully and the only two teachers who actually paid attention. Are you listening, young lady? The word lady tore through Nate's eardrum like a jagged knife. They knew when they came out to Rachel, she wouldn't change how she addressed them. Still, it hurt every single time Rachel blatantly ignored who Nate was. Rachel was only adding to the pile of things that made Nate miserable. No, Nate fired back dully with a sigh. They knew talking back would only make things worse. You get out of bed and get ready. Your father will be so disappointed knowing that you are skipping school, Rachel yelled back from the base of the stairs. The only time she ever talked about her late ex-husband was when she was trying to convince Nate to do something. They only listened because they knew in the end Rachel was right, and, and small acts of rebellion would feel like spitting on the memory of their dad. Those memories were one of the only things that kept Nate pushing forward every day. It was an, it was an offhanded comment by Rachel, but Nate would do anything to honor their father, even if it meant going to the seventh circle of hell that others happened to call high school. Fine, I'm up, I'm up, Nate said, rolling out of bed. They knew listening would only continue to give Rachel power over them, but there was really nothing they could do in defense. Counting down the days till emancipation was a driving force in their life. Good, 
I'll be back late tonight, so you'll have to figure out dinner for yourself. There should be food in the fridge, Rachel called out. Seconds later, the sound of the front door swinging shut echoed through the empty house. The relationship between Nate and Rachel was less of mother and child and more of incompatible roommates who only continued to live together out of circumstance. Nate exited their dreary room that felt more like a coffin every day and entered their messy bathroom. The sink counter was in disarray, covered in stains from failed hair dye attempts. They never had the desire to clean it as they felt like a stranger in their own house. Why would a stranger clean a place they didn't belong? Nate stared into the dirty bathroom mirror and sighed at the image staring back. They ran their thumb over their features and scoffed. A face that was considered gaunt, skin that was pale and ghostly, dull gray eyes that were said to be dead inside, long wiry brown hair that fell just past bony shoulders of a thin frame that looked sickly. All features that were fair game for bullies and assholes to comment on, but Nate didn't care one way or another what others said. To Nate, those were just empty remarks of idiots who would do anything to feel better about themselves. Instead, what bothered Nate was that every time they looked in the mirror, something was missing. Something they could never quite put their finger on. Staring back at them wasn't Nate, but instead it was someone else. Why are you always here? Why can't I just see Nate? I know I am Nate. I know who I am, so why is it that every time I look in a mirror, I just see you? Why do I just see Natalia? Nate said, feeling a tear starting to form in the corner of their eyes. They wiped their face and shook their head harshly. Fuck you. I know who I am, no matter what you show me, no matter what Rachel sh says, and no matter how those bastards treat me. I know who I am, they said into the mirror angrily. Despite their declaration, something was still missing. This doesn't matter. You don't know shit. You're just a mirror. Nate closed their eyes and took a deep breath. There wasn't much time before they had to leave for school. They quickly brushed their teeth, washed their face, and tied their hair into a long French braid. Moving quickly, they threw, a, they threw on a ratty black band t-shirt they got at a concert they snuck out to see, torn khaki cargo pants, and a warm black belt. They grabbed the essentials, a pack of camel cigarettes, their favorites, their backpack with their sticker-to-all-hell skateboard strapped to the back, and a small black and green portable CD player with shock protection. Nate only had enough extra time to make some buttered toast before they flew out the door on their skateboard. Riding the skateboard to school was more effort than riding the bus, but it gave them a moment of quiet before facing the vapid assholes at the bastard farm. When Nate did go to school, their morning was filled with the sawing out of sorry, was filled with the sawing out of key chords of rough punk rock music. It was freeing, feeling rocks skip under the wheels of a thin wooden board as the road towards the as they rode towards the rising sun. When they finally made it to the front of the school, they kicked up their board and strapped it back to their pack. They didn't need the Gestapo-like English teacher who watched the front gate giving them trouble for perceived insubordination. They kept their headphones on and their head down as they powered through the front doors, ignoring the gaze of other students and the remarks of jocular bullies. The morning went as it usually did, head down, scribbling notes down while trying to be as invisible as possible. Nate just didn't want to make any waves. They didn't want to be, the, to be bothered by anything or anyone. Despite skipping class, their grades were decent. They weren't top of the class, but they definitely weren't 
Sorry, but they were definitely above average. Time passed as quickly as it could when in hell, and eventually Nate made it to lunch. A typical day called for typical lunchtime activities. Nate was landing tricks on the skateboard that they got with money from working with a company that didn't exist. Their only friend Sarah sat on the curb and watched while gossiping about people that Nate simply didn't care about. I honestly don't get their deal, Sarah said angrily, looking down at her phone. It's like any time they open their mouths, trash just comes falling out. I feel like the entire school is drowning in waste. I'm glad you realize how big of assholes that whole group is. You're better off without them. You actually have a future. All their lives are going to dead end anyways. What's the best that could happen to them? Roger won't make it on a college football team. He's only Midwest good. Jesse will find out her acting skills aren't even good enough for a B-movie, and Clayton will eventually realize there's more to life than smoking weed and video games, Nate said, landing an ollie, then twisting the board around to head back to where Sarah was sitting. Sarah snapped her phone closed and looked up at Nate with big, dark eyes. Her dark complexion was one that stood out at school. Eventually, the brat pack of popular rich kids decided that her dark skin and outward beauty made her a threat, and they found any reason to drop Sarah on her ass, making the wannabe actress Jessie their new queen. Despite being formerly popular and one of Nate's bullies, Sarah was just as outcast as Nate. Instead of continuing to clash, Sarah and Nate confided in each other, becoming close friends. It was the two of them against the world. You're right. Once I get to where I want, I'll look back at all all this dumb shit and laugh, she said with a slight smile. Oh, I almost forgot. My mom wanted to see if you were interested in coming over for dinner tonight. Nate popped a kickflip, but on the landing, dug in too deep and slammed their board into the ground, crashing them, uh, causing them to fall backwards. They lay on their backs, staring at the deep blue, cloud-speckled sky that hung above them. To them, the sky was an endless ocean threatening to swallow the world whole. They were lost in its expanse until Sarah called out to them. Holy shit, are you okay? Sarah yelled, starting to stand. Yeah, I'm fine. You don't need to get up. I just need a cigarette, Nate said weakly, digging into their cargo pants for their pack and a lighter. They never took their eyes off the sky. It put them at ease, as if getting lost in the clouds would make all the swirling thoughts in their head melt away. Nate lit their cigarette and took a deep inhale of the bitter tobacco leaves. They exhaled, watching the grayish-white smoke puff and curl up into the sky as if it was just another cloud. I guess I mean more than just right now. I get why you skip school from time to time, and I know you're always going to be at least a little bit aloof, but you seem, I don't know, off? Even Mom is a little worried. That's why she wanted you to come over tonight, just to check up on you. Sarah's concern bled through to Nate, even though she felt Nate would simply blow her off. I guess... I guess I'm just a little lost right now, Nate said honestly, much to Sarah's surprise. Oh? Yeah, I just don't know what's going on sometimes. Rachel sucks. That's not new information. The school really doesn't help me feel any better, and despite it being years since that monster... The home invader came and took my dad from me. I still get fucked up about it from time to time. Though, that stuff is normal. It just feels like there's something else. Something else that I don't understand that's bothering me. Nate paused and took another drag. 
I came out to you and Rachel and got my expected results, and I am much happier now that I have at least you to confide in. Still, it feels like something else is missing. Sarah took in Nate's words and stared up at the sky, too. It was a beautiful day, though Nate's words hung in the air heavy like the, the smoke they exhaled. I'm sorry I'm a terrible friend and I don't really know what to say right now other than I'm here for you however you need it while you figure those things out. Plus, you're welcome to use my house as a safe haven whenever Rachel is too much. And I'm always there to back you up to those assholes. Thanks. I'll be fine, though. I always am, Nate said, snuffing out their cigarette on the ground next to them and finally turning their head away from the sky to give Sarah a, dull, a slight dull smile. No more time to dilly-dally. We should probably head back to class, they said, springing to their feet and grabbing their abandoned skateboard. You never answered my question. Are you good to come to dinner tonight? We can head over after school and study for a bit beforehand, too, Sarah asked, standing up to walk back to school with Nate. Yeah, I'm good with dinner, but I need to go over to that copying and filing job after school, Nate said, spinning their usual lie. There was no copying job. Their real work was much harder to explain. If Sarah knew that they were going to an unmarked building to sort and file hundreds of case files involving monsters in the supernatural, she would have thought Nate was crazy. Having to keep it all secret was more than a mere annoyance to Nate. They hated lying all the time, especially about what really happened the night their father died. That's okay. I'll just study all by my lonesome, all alone in my cold, dark room, just wishing my dearest friend would come rescue me from despair, Sarah teased dramatically. Oh, come on. You know it's not like that. I, got, I just got to save up so the second I turn 18, I can get my own place and finally be away from Rach, Nate said, adjusting their pack. Sarah started to walk and Nate caught up beside them. Okay, okay, well, good luck at your temp job. You can pop by after you're free. And that's the story I started writing. So, I think the perspective is fine. Like, it being third person, I don't... But? That didn't stand out to me. I do have a but, but I don't really know if it's a solvable problem. Okay, go for it. Yeah, so, you ready to hear my butt? Yeah, I'm ready, ready to hear, hear my butt? butt? Yeah, This but. is an honest butt. But right, this is an honest but. You do sound a little bit like a 30-year-old yeah. writing high school kids. <laughs> um, which I don't really know what to do about that. Um, but like I don't know. It there I ollied so hard and then I fell on oh, my face. God. And I'm like, yeah. I get the image that you're like conjuring up, you know, and it's not poorly done. I'm just like not sure that's what a high schooler well, would say. It out loud. It's just <laughs> Yeah. You know what I mean. I tried to, yeah, I I don't know. I tried to, is that the only spot it's noticeable or is there more? Um, no, it was kind of just like the, I don't know. And I don't even know if that's necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? Because you're trying to get it across as like a sort of like a a vintage high school thing, right? Because this is what would now be 15 years ago. 2006 or seven. So, you know, that does, you know, it's, it's difficult to write the past i think sometimes especially when it's like writing younger i don't know how people write ya fiction like (laughs) ever at all um because i don't think i could convincingly do that even a little bit um i'm trying to think i like the i like the relationship between the two friends i think that's like well thought out um i think maybe it's like the 
over description yeah. of high school, you know, like from Nate, which makes sense because I get yeah. what you're trying to do with that. Where like Nate is unhappy and feels like an, yeah. a space alien in mm-hmm. in high school, right? Like they're ostracized, which makes sense. Um, but I also wonder, like, if that is how a high schooler would describe it. You know what I mean? Like, I will say close to it because this is how I felt in my own high school and I'm writing from experience like there's again writing writing so, yeah, autobiographical which I there get. are parts of it that are literally just things that existed in my high school like the black and green um, shock protective CD player that I used to have Yeah, mine was <laughs> mine red black, green, and had, <laughs> where the play fast forward and whatever buttons were was white but yeah I, it's still very vivid in my imagination also shock protective was BS yeah it was <laughs> it absolutely Shock protected was. nothing. Yeah, it, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it, I guess there, there's parts of it where it's like, I, so the tone I'm going for, I think, is very obvious at this point, where it's going for more of like a contemplative yeah. tone, more of like a someone who is ostracized, who does feel very isolated for everybody else, um, kind of dealing with this, also like dealing with this idea of what their own identity is to them and what that means like they like it's the thing it's like they know exactly who they are but no one else truly recognizes and that's like part of the part that's like blurring it for them but i don't know i i wanted to write this because i i mean i i've had this idea for a while like to write stories specifically from the point of view of nate but do them in third person because the story is told by nanny and everything else would be like hit kind of his recounting of it almost sure but yeah i I don't know i just it's something i've thought about for a while and yeah maybe it does sound a little clunky especially some of the over describing but i did want to like make it very clear where their head was at yeah i think i think this is maybe one of those things where and i think i've made this criticism of your writing before (laughs) um is like you don't have to explicitly say everything if these two people are the ones hanging out and you have like some passing thing where like a teacher ignores someone bullying them or doing something like you've already said everything. You don't have to, you don't have to hit it so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, like the part that I thought being explicit worked for was like where Nate was talking to themselves. I thought that was like, and you saw Nate, like the way Nate's mom was talking to them. Mm -hmm. I thought that like, that was better done because you're seeing it played uh-huh. out that like there is this like kind of mental battle going on with how they're seen, how they see themselves, all that like was kind of played out pretty clearly. I mean, even as simple as the description of them being like a skateboard kid, yeah. right? Like you can fill in a lot of inferences from that okay. alone without like, Because then I think what you'll get less of is kind of like that, you know, like the Steve Buscemi with a skateboard. Like, hello, fellow kids. You know, like, at some point, we have to be aware of our age. We're not... We're not close to 15 anymore, (laughs) you know? So it's like, it it is going to be difficult to, like, write in an authentic feeling vernacular for that. Um, Even if it's, like, an experience that you really had. You know, we've both been 15, but... We're not anymore, and it's difficult to, like, do that. And I think that over, like, especially, like, over, uh, 
what's the word? Um, like getting too flowery with like the punk kid descriptions is where you kind of get into like the Steve Buscemi. Hello, fellow kids. Yeah, I, <laughs> you I know. Um, and I will say I am lazy and don't challenge myself. I just write characters that are the age that I am ish, <laughs> like that or older. <laughs> I think, so I think much, there's certain you know. things I do I, I, I do agree with you and I think I will change. There's other certain things especially with Nate's perspective of other people, especially at this point that I'm not going to change too much of. No, and I don't think it's a matter of like it's, it's, it's a problem of some, not of parts. Yeah. Like, you have you, you can have well, and I say, this is my opinion, yeah, right? Yeah, so this isn't necessarily a fact, but like I think you can have some of those descriptions, some of those, you know. I don't know. I, I punk did really kid. like the phrase "bastard farm." <laughs> yeah, you know, like you can have I, bastard. I really farm. liked bastard farm quite a bit. <laughs> but then you keep doing yeah, that, no, I, I, and yeah, it, I get what you said. It starts yeah, to just stop it, piling it on when it's already been said. Like, like, yeah, the yeah. amount of times like, where I talk about how it is, like, the seventh circle of hell, I think, can be lessened. But, yeah, I really like Bastard Farm. Well, <laughs> I really like that phrase. I think instead of having that be internal monologue, have it be in something okay, external. Yeah. You know, have say Nate that say Sarah, that to yeah. a teacher and then get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Or have him say it to a teacher, have him say it to another kid, get them in trouble for that. That then establishes that, like, the school isn't noticing why that conflict is happening it is just taking the side of you know this i'm saying this in large air quotes to indicate something of the time like taking the side of the normal students right and pushing and the school itself is pushing nate to the outside you know um i guess because i then that's the other issue i run into is because like i want these to be pretty short so my thought is i I don't want to like give all of that and lengthen out the story of like little things like that that aren't really necessarily needed i i think that's true but then you just kind of well again you know i will say i've made this critique of your writing before of like show don't tell like i really like telling it's not necessarily (laughs) yeah i know and it's it's not necessarily that you can't have internal monologue i like that in a lot of stories and it's also not that you have to have everything done through dialogue, but through actions. Yeah. You know, like, move that meeting between um, Nate and, uh, what was their Sarah. friend's name? Uh, Sarah. Sarah. Yeah. Move that to detention. They both got detention. Why? I told teacher that we were in Bastard Farm or whatever. Like, n- now you've set up, you've said a lot more mm-hmm. with less of the language and the language that was used mattered. And the the action is shaping the world rather than you have like Nate on a skateboard being like, by the way, high school sucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But yeah, that, that would, that would be my only critique, but I like the notion of the story and what you're doing with it. Um, I think that that, that is all well done and well thought out. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I, I, I like the idea of dealing with this character who dealt with like a lot of the same crap I did, except for there's gender identity stuff thrown in, which I didn't really deal with. I dealt with a lot of identity when it came from being a black kid in a pre- predominantly white space. 
Um, so like there's those same emotions mesh and I've talked to other people about these things who have dealt with identity issues in high school. So the, the feel is like wanting to tell that kind of story of like this alternative to, I guess, quote unquote, the normal view of what high school looks like, but also this, this, right. this person yeah. who now we see them years like we see their story years later but they're already actualized exactly who they are they've been doing this whole anomaly thing for years now they like are extremely confident in those things of like the whole internal self-depression stuff that they feel at this period isn't there and that's really on the other character danny who's having those feelings and like you get we're getting why nate is so quick to understand danny because these are things that have always existed right, yeah, yeah. for them and existed in my mind. But now I'm like kind of doing the tell and show at the same time <laughs> with them. But yeah, I, I don't know. I also just really like yeah. like the idea of like someone who is kind of lost in high school. But also there is this whole thing of, yeah, they at this point they are working for no name. But they're not like doing missions and stuff. They're filing papers. That's their job. And I like this idea of like, oh, yeah. the supernatural is present, but also the thing that actually scares and bothers me is like having to wake up every day and deal with my mother. <laughs> it's like, so yeah, no, I don't know. I, I wanted to be more contemplative, and I definitely want to like finish this. And this will definitely be one of those stories that I read like in the intermittent time. But yeah, like I said, I want to do like a three or four part with this, um, and I also want to do like my other short stories. So. Sorry, I'm talking way too much. This is this is supposed to be your day to no, shine because this you're is good. the end of your story. But the thing that I decided I wanted to write like my next quote unquote novel to be before I end up doing part two of um, No Name, the No Name story, and this is the whole Nate thing is not going to be part of that. This will be like a little supplemental short story that gets released. But um, however I decide to release, whether it's publishing or whatever the frick. But the other story I wanted to write, and I, I decided because I a lot of the short stories I have in writing deal with the same thing, but I decided my next project is, my next personal project is going to be called um, The Horror of Relationships. And it's going to be all... Um, short stories where it's going to be about just like two c characters dealing with each other and dealing with a um, supernatural event. So the story I was going to read today that's nine pages was about a girl who was like cursed with bad luck and like she's talking to her friend who also like is like oh, wanting to yeah, escape, yeah. escape yeah, you told me this, about this like crappy town that they lived in. And the, the other one is um, We Were Little Monsters, a story about like a uh, a girl who meets this other person who's just like you know absolute worst kind of monster of a person and they like go on this trip and like it's basically stand by me but more murder um and wait isn't there a lot of murder in stand no, by me stand there's by like me just, murder in that well, yeah no it's just they go to find a dead body <laughs> that's what stand by me have you not seen stand by me i actually haven't it's it's really good it's really good um and then um the other one is Another story I planned to write, Killing Loop. Um, then one called The End of the World Can Be Beautiful, which deals with like the, the guy who um, basically missed his chance to ask out the girl of his dreams because, you know, the world is ending, but then gets like the chance like to kind of talk to her type of thing. But yeah, it's just a bunch of stories that I've been writing about like people, just just two people hashing it out. And I don't know, something that I like really care about when it's writing 
as you've noticed a lot with like Nate and Danny and then Nate deal, like talking to Sarah type of things like two people just having a conversation is like the thing I really like writing so that's going to be my next little project is the horror of relationships and you'll probably hear most if not all of those stories on the show <laughs> so yeah anyways you're laughing so I think it's time to end the show <laughs> I'm laughing because you're like my favorite thing to write is a uh, is dialogue between two characters, and I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, I didn't say dialogue. I said moments between two characters <laughs> because that's like all like even like the um the Westerton Chronicles, the one where we did the audio drama. There was a lot of two or three characters just hashing it out. Well, that's of. because it was an audio drama. Yeah, it was I only just, conversations. <laughs> I don't know and. With a character hashing out with another character, a lot of internal stuff happens at the same time. I'm having internal monologues while I talk to you right now, Cody. That's creepy. And That's then weird. Cody looked at Jordan Weir and he thought, oh, crap, he's thinking I'm a weirdo yet again. Do I even keep talking or do I just end the show? <laughs> <sighs> no, there was a time of the, yeah, but anyways, um, that's been the show. Cody, we finally finished projects. We Actually, uh-huh. this is our first round of like, well, mm, nope, second round of our individual projects never mind i thought it was our first but it's not <laughs> is it i thought i thought it was more than even the second but that's okay. well, well i guess we we but we were still doing the like standard world shot but this is the first this is the second time after like the show needs to change <laughs> yeah that's true yeah so um anyways i tell you're looking at something completely different so guys it's time to end the show cody what are your plugs uh i i I just want to plug real quick just philip glass because jordan and me were talking about music at the beginning and i just was thinking are you sending me albums because you should be sending me a bunch of albums i'll send you some albums uh also the wandering underscore wandering gamer network for podcasts and wandering underscore gamers if you want to see me drink cappuccinos and play fun games with Drink cappuccinos at night also, so I'm here, yawning right now. I'm tired. I'm going to fall asleep. Here's the thing I need. we have never done before, but like, what time do you usually stream in? What days? Tuesdays at 8, sometimes. Okay. At least give people like a general idea where they can look out for you. <laughs> because I realize we've never last, talked about when you stream. The last fun conversation I had on, well, not the last, but one of the recent fun conversations i had on stream was a very long argument about whether or not lying can be a moral act yeah and then you forced me to have that same argument with you anyways oh yeah i forgot about that you know i hate debating um so you can check me out at something i guess zero zero at twitch.tv where every wednesday i am in down we stream an anime show called we belong it's me and my friend will and it's about anime but also we talk a lot about diversity mental health and other stuff though because you know anime kind of opens the gate to that um and then you can check out my other podcast it to talk about it i'm not saying that anime is the most diverse and that's why we end up talking about <laughs> diversity with anime i was gonna say like mental health i could see it or no no but, diversity that's what, but, like, I, but that's what i mean it's like a lot of times it's like oh yeah this thing is a horrible character portrayal and i didn't like this so let's talk about like what what this means and how it can be better um and then we also well i also do a podcast with my friend leah the side characters podcast where we talk about diversity nerd culture as you see there's kind of a theme with my shows (laughs) but anyways that's all i got we will catch y'all at the next demon feast which just happens to be on the flip side bye (laughs) bye (laughs) 
Wish you weren't so awkward, Yeah, bud. Yeah, no, sorry. Both of my, <laughs> both of the side-offs nailed it. And I'm like, what do I say? <laughs>